0: out that he shouldn't know. The man who was a former cocaine addict, that once he got saved, God gave him this amazing gift. But he's the same kind of man that could get 40000 in one month and be broke three weeks later. Uh, no longer spending on cocaine, but still had no discipline when it came to money. And, and so, how many know that that kind of life, Leads you up and down, and it, it breaks relationships, and it you know it isn't a healthy thing. But the gift of God was still there in great power in his life. Now it didn't facilitate the fullness of all that could have been done with that gifting because of the chaoticness of his personal life. But that kind of thing sometimes happens in church. And I remember uh, talking with someone after the service, and and. Uh, going, uh, they were telling me how you know, they first came in here, and they said, you know, I was very skeptical of things, and the first night I see a person on the floor twitching, and on well, this is exactly <laughs> what I expected. You know, and, and this can't be God.'" And they made the comment, "said I've never seen that happen since that day, even though I've been here several years. But uh, there's, this, there's this opportunity for you to get offended if you want to. Or to allow God to say, there's more to this than you understand. And you're going to have to wade through some things that maybe you don't understand. But at the same time, in your heart, there's an understanding. Something's going on here. I'm not fully sure what it is. but I know it's real? I am starting with Ryan and in some ways. You know, when he's standing up here prophesying, that's a courageous thing. Mm-hmm. But I'm also looking going, swing and miss. And I'm going, oh, okay, well, it's easier for me as a pastor when you hit
1: <laughs> But uh,
0: the other side of that is that sometimes, and even like last week, a person will come up afterwards and say, I was that person, but I was afraid to stand up. And then, you know, well, that, that doesn't necessarily help the group, but that message was still available for that person. You know? And that's a wonderful thing. But that's kind of, those are the dynamics that we work through as family, right? You know, and so I just encourage you, you have the right to spit out bones, so to speak. You know, you eat the meat, spit out the bones. You, you see mm-hmm. something and in your heart you're going, that's not God. You have the right to say that. But at the same time, I encourage you to say when there's something that, that you don't understand, but there's an awareness, God's doing something that I don't get, but it, powerful than to just keep looking and say Lord bring me in let me let me see what needs to happen give to my heart what needs to take place and um, Amen. You know, we'll, we'll work on this together it's just mm-hmm. like you know what I'm preaching I try to be accurate it doesn't always happen but I try you know, you right to say man you got that wrong you know or you look at the scriptures that's not how I read it. that. It's appropriate to walk through it. Our God leads us into spirit and truth. And so, you know, truth has got to be a part of whatever we do. But well, we're longing for his spirit to function in our midst as well. So that's just mm-hmm. keep that in mind, if you want. Uh, we're going to continue to enter into some things that, go, that stretch us. And the things that take place aren't the same as what happened before. It just That's the way the Lord works. But at the same time, there's a hunger in our hearts mm-hmm. that says, I want to chase you with all my night. Yes. Um, this morning's a little bit different for me. Uh, my mother died on Tuesday night. Uh, I want to share some thoughts connected with that, because there's there's something that, that I've lived in as a family that's been powerful. And, and I want to share some things along that line. Um, for me, grieving was different. The, the three weeks preceding, grieved deeply. Uh, it was more emotional for me than than I'm usually walking in. And uh, you're going, you have emotion? Yeah. <laughs> you do <still laughs> all that often <laughs> in this in this arena, anyway. But uh, I, it was it was a powerful time where when I got the call, it was like 12:30 at night, and and I'd already been sleeping. And I wake up, and you know, there's a couple tears, and then there's this great piece that came over me that just went, You know, she's with the Lord. It's done. I, this is this waiting is over. Um, it'd be better if I wore this one. Yeah, okay. It's designed for that. <laughs> I should do that. So, there, there's a great piece that comes over me. My wife's sitting on the bed sobbing as she texts the kids and lets them know. And to me, it's beautiful to watch. It's just not me. You know, I, and since I'm done crying and I'm, I'm moving on already, it's different temperaments, you know, but it's still an incredible thing. But as, as we've talked through this the last uh, weeks and as I've looked at it, uh, my mother was a powerful example in our family. And, uh, you know, of my siblings, we're all in occupation, and spouses, we've all been in occupational ministry most of our lives. Now, we didn't come from a pastoral family. My dad a, a, was a mill worker, um, a farmer before that. Uh, mom worked in some offices as a bookkeeper in different places. But our lives were heavily attached to the church we were a part of and, and, and things like that. But I want to share some of the examples that came through her life that I, I think were significant in having us land where we did. Um, none of us went through the rebellious teen years, so to speak. My struggles, you know, in moving from my parents' faith to my own was, was more intellectual than being acted out truth is, I've never been drunk. I've only been legally high. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Uh, I, I, I had <laughs> worked four years in, in drug rehab. Knew all the phrases and terms. Went to the dentist one day after I'd been fasting. Nitrous oxide. Amazing experience. <laughs> <laughs> I suddenly understood buzzing. I also understood the hangover later with the headache. They were a little excited when I was staggering down the hall leaving. Should you be driving? I'll be fine. Yeah, that's my, my one experience. But that said, um, why did we get through that? And, and you know, I, I don't believe in the but. at the same time, I, I can point to others and say, I can't explain your situation, but I know some of the influences on ours. Okay? And so I, I, I'd like to look at that. Paul says, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. He was confident enough with his life that he could say, if you follow me, it's going to be worthwhile because I'm following Christ and you'll be headed in the right direction. Immediately preceding this, he had said, You know, I try to, to live a life that pleases others in hope that many will be saved. So he says, Even the way that I live is largely done for others because I have a, a goal to see them come to Christ. So he's not living for himself, he's not trying to please himself. He has other things in mind. And that's the way he, that's the way he approached life. Robert has <coughs> a few interesting verses in regard to examples, but 20 verse 7 stands out to me. Good people live right. God blesses the children who follow their example. Philippians, Paul addresses this with others as well. And he says, my friends, I want you to follow my example and learn from others who will closely follow the example we set for you. So he says, you know, it it, it pays to watch others and to try to imitate that. I have a feeling that in my family, most of the principles that we pursued were caught rather than taught. Well, they were taught and caught, put it that way. But I have distinct memories and I want to walk through a few things. Uh, My father was a Christian and through my growing up years, he ran hot and warm, so to speak. Uh, he wasn't the driving force spiritually in our family. My mother was. Uh, my dad always would profess Christ, but it you know it was, it was kind of that up and down experience. And, and there were things that he never really came to terms with till after I got out of the home. Uh, his anger was one of them. Now. <laughs> It might have helped me leaving the home, but uh, <laughs> uh, there, were, there were things that, uh, you know, I, I, that first year that I was gone, I remember him developing a devotional life, and it, it altered the way that he lived. Yeah. Uh, but Mom had been consistent in that for years and years and years. You know, uh, when my dad would go to work at 6.30, she'd have a half hour window before his kids got up to go to school. And every day, she was in the Word and prayer. Every day. And if we got up a little early and wandered in the kitchen, and were uh, you know, starting a conversation, she said, "Uh, there's a few things I need to get done here first. Why don't you go back to bed? (laughs) In other words, I have some priorities right now, and you're not it, (laughs) it's the Word. But that that was, you know, seeing that dog-eared Bible with. Underlines and notes and you know, it was it was a powerful portion of her life, and uh, you know she would take me to the scripture as a kid. I mentioned Proverbs 15.1, a soft answer turns away wrath, <coughs> grievous words stir up anger. The background to that is that I've been hollering at one of my siblings, you know, and she takes me to the scripture and says. I want you to study this and figure out what it means. Then we had the discussion, but I also realized this is the way she lived. You know, in argument with others, it wasn't a a, a blow up, but also it was choosing words carefully not to cause that situation to increase in, in temper. And so there was a living out of the word. It wasn't just a taking to the scripture and teaching, but it, there was a, an application of it that was being lived out in a home. Um, the, uh, you know, even in later life, I, I would call up and I'd be sharing something that I found in the scripture and she'd be throwing it back and, and insights that she had. And, and, and This was part of our lives through the, in our, my entire life. And so I would say that, you know, the question that comes up in our homes, as your spouse or your kids, got you reading the Bible. Would be the first one. You know, <coughs> is it a consistent enough thing that others would actually see you participating in this? And, and so maybe that's a starting place. Not to show what you're doing, but to just say... To bring that discipline into life so that it's there that others can see. You know, that's that that would be a starting place in regard to the word. We say that God's word is precious. We call it the word of God. We say that it's truth. You know, we, we make declarations about it, but the application of that is the actual use of it, right? And in pulling it into our lives. Um, Her prayer was such that you know I I realized later that some of those morning times I would see her in tears, but you know she'd wipe them off and just you know what 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 was happening. There was a passion about what she was doing that was intense, that that that, you know was 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 pursuing God in things. Um, The uh, the other side of that was. Regularly, when we would have phone calls, she'd be inquiring about our lives, or like my life, or Shars or our kids, and she'd have something that God had revealed in prayer that we hadn't been talking about. But already it was there, and the truth is, my folks pray for us every day. You know, that would have been largely Mom's doing, but you know the effect of that over years, the cumulative effect is powerful on a family. Uh, our, the grandkids, her grandkids, there's 12 of them. Uh, one's in grade school, one's in high school. But are the 10 that have graduated from high school? Nine of the 10 have either gone through Bible college or, are participant, and been participant in ministries. And all are serving the Lord, but it, you know, uh, what's going on there? Not, none of this was pushed on us as a family. There was no putting out, wouldn't it be great if you could be a minister? That was never a part of the conversation. But it, it's something that you know became a part of us because it was so precious as a part of the family life. Uh, the same thing in regard to the, the church. We, we call it the bride of Christ. We call it the body of Christ. Those are beautiful terms, right? Beautiful pictures for us. But the application of it says that I treat each of you res- with respect as you treat me. In other words, we don't go home and bash each other because of the, the frailties or the weaknesses of each other. You know, I, there wasn't roast pastor for lunch in our hops, or deacon, or member, or anyone else, because we are part of a body, and so there was a, a an honoring. And was it a. a, 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 Didn't see it? No. No. It was a recognition that what we have in Christ is more precious than dealing on the foibles that are part of each other's lives. Taking that a step further, when the doors were open, we were there. Uh, That, you know, (laughs) Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday, in, in. you know, in a lot of volunteer activity. You uh, know, in looking at mom, you know, she was a choir director for many years. And what that meant in years past was you take a song and you develop the parts through the week, you write them out. Because there, there wasn't computers, there wasn't the photocopying and early on. It was just she had a knack for music, and so she worked on that for hours through the week. Taught Sunday school, did, you know, all of this volunteerism. But what was it, what was it saying to us as a family? Our life is connected to this place. Our, the value that we have as community is tied to the body of Christ. And so that being presented as precious also said that when us kids got old enough to do something you're going to go clean the church. You're going to, you know, it was part of this taking on the responsibilities and saying this is part of our life. This is who we are. Um, Even attached to that, uh, I would, in recent years, or uh, two other things. I'm sharing memories now with as many ministers in the family as there are. It's going to be, each of us gets a brief window <laughs> at the memorial service on Saturday. Um, otherwise, it's going to be a very long Sunday. Probably will anyway. Um, when I, I was always aware of my family tithing and giving, and it wasn't we gave this, but it was you know that consistent. Just this is what we do. But I also remember the first time that I took uh, most of my summer earnings to, to uh, give to a youth camp that was being established. I remember my folks' whispers, you know, do you think we could do this? Do you think we could, you know, trying to sort out how are we gonna get money into this thing, and, and they spent weeks up there helping get it established. And what, what was the cumulative effect Again, it was, this is precious to us. This is what we do. (laughs) I used to call up, now, they lived uh, from Cloquet. they went to Friend, Nebraska, to Bloyd, Wisconsin. They were in two churches there, and then finally in uh, Boulder, Wisconsin. So a number of churches. I would call up and I'd be excited about what's going on in the church. And I'd be tell, and at some point she would cut me off and say, "Oh, the most amazing thing is going on in church." Here. And I'm going, "I want to talk." She, we'd be competing, you know, to, to who gets the story and what good is going on in the place where they work. And so, even though they were four or five months in this last church because they'd just moved there, she's bragging about the seniors' ministry and she's talking about, you know what's going on it's it's this appreciation i'm getting angry you know give me a chance i'm telling you good stories here. i got my own sorry (laughs) it's this appreciation all through life it says the body of christ is wondrous now you can't manufacture that but you surely can buy into it on an intellectual level and let that become a part of your heart you know, as you make the choices toward it and for it, it becomes who you are. Um, I have one other area. If you wanted to hear about our weaknesses, you should have come last night. Because I shared a couple things connected with that as well. Because I was wrestling with this thing of how do you, you know, are you absolutely certain when you enter into eternity? What if in your dying moments you're still chirping at people? You know, I, God took me to the scriptures and I was looking at the life of Peter how um, even 20 years after the resurrection, Paul's calling him out on stuff. He's not a perfect man. We all trust in the mercy of God. Yeah. Peter taught holiness. You read First Peter, there's an emphasis on holiness. And, you know, the situation was that, I'm digressing, but you get it. It's a good point. <laughs> Paul called them out and said you're eating with the Gentiles when the Jews aren't here, when the Jews show up you suddenly are eating with the Jews Peter was the one that had brought the Gentiles into the church previous when, he had, when Jesus had been doing his teaching as your righteousness isn't about what you eat Peter asked well how can we be clean?" So Jesus had already addressed the issue intellectually with Peter while he was on earth. He had been given, he had given Peter the message, you know, the gospel for the Gentiles. But did he fully apply it? Well, it appears that he was still messing up even 20 years <coughs> later. But he is the leader of the church and he's a powerful man of God. So that said, you know, I, I, I'm wrestling through. What do you do with a person's foibles? Well, we all have them. None of us lives entirely perfect. But we are still pressing toward the perfection that Christ offers. And we are pressing toward the holiness that He desires to be a part of our lives. So, going back. In regard to one final illustration. Uh, in the final week, final three weeks, my mom was bed fast. Barely talked. Um, you know, it's just the end. She is worried in conversation more about a lady in the apartment area that she's living in than, than really she even wants to talk to his kids that much. A gal's husband had just died of cancer. Now she's dealing with cancer herself. But she'd had a chance to witness to this lady. And she's deeply concerned because she wants one final conversation with her. The gal has promised to pray, but she doesn't know if it's taking place. And so on her heart, on her deathbed, she still has this passion for souls. <coughs> so after after she dies, I walk into the apartment with my dad. And he points to a Bible, a New Believers Bible, a New Living Translation. And he says, she led at least eight people to the Lord. In our last Bible study. Now that's in her mid-80s. No more church roles. You know, gets to church now and then. Starts a Bible study in a place similar to Snowberry. And uh, he's leading people to the Lord there. And I'm just (laughs) going, what a machine. (laughs) But that, you know, I lay that out to you. As a picture and say... Where do you want your life to go? Where do you want your family to be? What do you you know what are the marks that you would like you know declared over your life? I'm looking at a person who ran hard till the end and it's it's no wonder then that I would embrace that for my life and say that's what I want to do too you know and, and, and the grandkids going, Sounds good to us. Let's do that as well. Now, the great-grandkids, we don't know. They're all (laughs) hell-raisers. They're all six or under. Uh, Comic relief. Uh, No, I I just, I look at that and it's it's time for me to to put these things out there and just say, you target this. Are there any guarantees? No. But you trust the grace of our Lord to to bring things where he will. But there are opportunities to exercise the disciplines and the investments that speak volumes to those around you. And when Paul's saying, follow my example as I follow Christ, uh, he was saying, I'm living it. I want you to live it as well. Here's Philippians 4.9. You know the teachings I gave you. You know what you heard me say and saw me do. So follow my example and God who gives peace will be with you. Paul's declaration to others. Lord, we thank you for your scripture. that speaks life to us. We thank you for your Holy Spirit that ministers into our hearts. We pray that you will help us as we look at the example we're setting. As we evaluate the course of our lives, we pray that you help us to make choices that will have great impact or benefit on others. Thank you that it's our privilege to live in such a way. The most unusual funeral that I ever did was for a lady named Paimon. When her kids got up to speak about her, that got up and said, I was the first illegitimate child to be harmed. Yep. And I'm going, oh boy. <laughs> this is going to be crazy. It was. Throughout, and at least four of them got up, but they were all singing her praises. She got saved late in life, an incredible salvation. they lived so profane before them. But well, spent the next 25 years chasing down our kids and reestablishing a relationship. The kids would, you know, invariably have told me, when I saw my mom coming down the street, I'd cross the street away from her, but she chased them down to the Lord and drew uh, them to her, it it doesn't matter when you start, it just gets started, is what I'm saying. Yeah. What an incredible blessing rests on these, your people. May they know the fullness of favor that you intend for their lives. May they discover with joy what it needs to follow you. One all out. I ask the Lord, as each one goes into the community, that you give them words of life to speak over others. I pray that their deeds may fit in with the workings of your kingdom. Enable them with the supernatural. Be exalted and lifted up, our Lord,